I've always wanted to be an architect. I always wanted to be an architect. Oh my God. I have always wanted to be an architect. I've always wanted to be an architect. I've always wanted to be an architect. I've always wanted to be an architect. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Today, we welcome Marisa Manjani, a chef, kitchen consultant, and now an author to our podcast. Marisa, you are a unique interview for us because you actually have a new book out. Indeed, I do. And we will talk about that a little bit. And, and it actually, interestingly enough for you, and I think you'll agree with me on this, your book not only is a new book and is, and is um, reflective of your, obviously, your own experiences, but it is also related to your direct experience with architects and relationship in, in, in the kitchen consulting world and why you, you know, became who you are. And it is, it is part of the conversation. It is. That's why my book and my company are the same name. Right, exactly. Which we'll talk about also. So why don't you start off by just telling us briefly about your education and your trajectory to how you became a kitchen consultant? Okay, education. I'm from Hawaii and the Hawaii State education system is not known as good. So I come from a line of Hawaiian race school teachers who taught and went to Punahou. I went to Punahou, like my mom, my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother taught there, my great-grandmother taught there. I went there for kindergarten and I got kicked out. Obama went there, but that's why I'm not the president. So <laughs> I got to go to private school again in high school, um, Seabury Hall, a very good school. It taught me how to learn. And the reason I say this is important because learning how to learn is really the seeds to success when you're older. So I kind of went off the rails and worked in kitchens for a long time. I did get a degree in restaurant management in Portland, Oregon, but was hell-bent on being a chef and I earned and learned. And when I decided to get out of the kitchen, I earned and learned some more, selling equipment, designing kitchens, working with contractors, architects, clients, developers, and users. And I find even though my education is sporadic, I did have a good basis with private school, which has enabled me to become successful. And explain that a little bit more. I mean, you got your restaurant management degree, mm -hmm. but explain a little bit about how you went from sort of a chef to that. Well, I, like a lot of chefs, I got burned out. Okay. I grew up, matured, became a mother, became frustrated in the kitchen. And I was 30, early 30s. And I went, oh, wow, this isn't what I want to be when I grow up. Mm. I had nightmares of waking up at 50 and putting on checked pants and tying my waist length hair up into a bun and putting a chef's hat on. I went, oh, wait, no, it was fun, but now I need to do something else. However, I didn't just want to start over. So I wanted to be able to utilize the 20 years working in kitchens, working my way up the ladder, high volume management. Um, I wanted to translate that into something. So my husband at the time said, we're not moving again. So there happened to be a kitchen design firm down the road. I begged the guy for a job. And there I was, my second act. So there wasn't from the beginning this plan of becoming a chef in order to become a kitchen consultant? My life was never planned okay. because I always wanted to be an architect. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now you recently released this book, right? And the book is called Mise en Place, 
which translates to basically being prepared in the kitchen for the day, right? Sort of like cutting and preparing and doing. Having your station set up. It's uh, the direct French translation is a place for everything. Okay. So your mise en place is like what's in your refrigerator, what everything is in the right spot so you don't have too many movements or you don't have to make steps or forget something or run out of something. So it actually is a good term for designing a kitchen because it's the same thing. There's a place for everything. So why did you write this book? And for those that hopefully will read it and that are listening, it's a memoir. I mean, it's, it's a series of experiences that you lay out there for everyone to read, somewhat private in some cases, but it was a choice to make on your part to write this type of book about your experiences. So explain the trajectory again of how you got to where you are today. So why? Well, I didn't say, I think I'm going to write a book. I started small. I was inspired by Kitchen Confidential. And I thought when I read that book, well, yeah, it's great. Everybody says it's great. But there's, I felt as kind of a budding writer, it was a hobby at the time. I felt like Anthony Bourdain, who is my hero, by the way, rest in peace, Mm -hmm. didn't give enough of himself throughout those restaurant stories. And I thought, well, I could write an essay or two about my experiences and sort of interject my person through it. So I started with some essays that got published and I wrote more essays and some got published and some did not. And the next thing you know, I was like writing the whole story and looking at my life in retrospect through the lens of when I was younger working in kitchens and struggling with people skills and trying to work my way up and having to battle the men's world and all those things, it became interesting to me as I did it. I thought, you know, I'd like to share this. So worked on it and got it out there. So you just touched on a big part of the book, which is your role as a woman in a male-dominated field, right? And that, I mean, clearly as you read through the book, that is a recurring theme. And as you explain the different experiences that you've had, starting even from when you were in Hawaii as a 14-year-old, I think, or when you first started... Yeah, when I worked at the C-Scoop. Right, you worked at the C-Scoop. So that clearly has impacted the way that you have followed or went in your career, right? Mm-hmm. So speak to how, as you continued on as a chef through all of that in that world, you then sort of had similar experiences as a kitchen consultant, which is still in a male-dominated world, right? Mm-hmm. The kitchen world or the restaurant world is still, fortunately or unfortunately, male-dominated. So explain the differences in your experience between your role as a woman in the chef's world and then your role as a woman in the kitchen consultant world, which is where you're at now in your career. Well, in the kitchen world, there were like a set cast of characters in a kitchen. Even though there were multiple kitchens and multiple casts of characters, there I would be with a particular group of men who had, each would have particular notions of me, what their expectation was or not, or who I was, you know, if I was just automatically stupid because I was a girl, or I was threatening because I was a girl and I was smart, or if I was just a piece of meat. And I had to go to work every day and endure that and try to navigate my way through it and learn how to do it because I wasn't very good at it. As a consultant now, I don't really encounter much or I don't I'm probably so experienced, I don't notice it, or I can take any negative expectation and turn it super quick. But 
that's not to say there weren't many years while I was in my learning time in the field on construction sites with general contractors who would, same thing as in a kitchen, they would just look at me and judge. Mm. And I would feel it. I mean, I'm very sensitive to what people think about me through their eyes. I can, I can just tell. So there it was again, you know, I had to prove myself. I had to show that I was better, show that I was smart, show that I could make the project successful in spite of being a woman. And after a while, I would have my successes and would pretty much, you know, glory in how I turned a particular contractor hmm. around. So there were many different casts of characters everywhere that I got to sort of play with and yeah. hone my skill at knocking down any, you know, preconceived notions that somebody might have about me just because I'm short, female, and cute. Right. And do you think your projects in terms of the design and the success of those projects were better because of this challenge? Or did it make it more difficult and you feel like maybe you could have done something different? How do you think it impacted your end results? I think for the most part, better because I tried extra hard. I didn't take anything for granted. I burned a lot of brain cells, a lot of stomach acid, being super paranoid all the time. You know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, did I make a mistake? You know, I was never nonchalant and I was never like, oh, well, you know, like I know a lot of guys are a lot of people who don't have the drive that I had. When I applied my for my first job as a consultant, dealer, salesperson, the gentleman across the desk said, well, in order for a woman to be as successful as, as a man in business, she has to be twice as smart. You wrote that in the book. Yeah, I, I said, no it. problem. And, you know, I think of that all the time. So I go into a situation thinking, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not, but it's a good confidence booster to be in that space. Yep. All right. So, I mean, look, you and I have worked together for almost 30 years, believe it or not. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. What, uh, 1994? I mean, right. 1994. And we both look the same age as we did. That's right. We did. <laughs> and we do. So you recently, after all these years, and you and I have talked about this before, you finally have started your own firm. Yes. And ironically enough, it's called? Mise en place design. Exactly. Yes. Why did you choose to use those words to name your company? I mean, there's clearly this connection to those words or the meaning of those words and how you approach your career and how you approach your design. Yeah, the book got that name just sort of organically. And I had that in my head even before I really knew that it was a book. Yeah. And when it appeared that the book was getting published, wanted to get published, here comes the book, I'm being published right now. And it also appeared that I was going to start my own company. I just had a fleeting moment that, you know, Mise en Place would look really nice on the title block, <laughs> you know? And I thought, and that would make sense. I mean, it was almost like life had done it for me. I didn't really make a conscious decision. It just made sense when it popped into my mind to call my company that. But the book came first, the company came after. I get that. So now you've created your own consulting firm. Mm -hmm. Have you always worked with architects or have you worked typically with restaurateurs? So like, what's the ratio or what is your experience in terms of how your consulting career has gone with regard to your relationship with architects or not architects or contractors? Who fits into the mix? I'd say 50% of my work is with architects. 50? Yeah. 
And sometimes it's more and sometimes it's less. It just okay. depends. It always made mathematical sense to me to get to know and schmooze architects because they could bring me bring me multiple projects, whereas an end user might just be one. Right. And how do you find that end user? Whereas you can, back in the days before the computer, and there was, you know, cheap gas, a map, in a phone book, cold calling on architects was, you know, how I beat the streets. So some of those architects, uh, like yourself, are still my clients, you know, down south. And I used to knock on their door and come in and they were working with, you know, that mail company down the street and I just, persistence pays off. So I've always liked working with architects. Um, Not that I don't like some end users, some really have to be babysat, but I'm not super picky, but I like architects because the ones that hire kitchen consultants I respect because they understand that the kitchen is a very specialized area and they just can't take, copy and paste another kitchen or plop it in a space and hand it to a unknowing restaurateur and there you go. That's why there's so many poorly designed kitchens in the world. So I like being on a design team. Hmm. And do you find that architects that you ultimately work with understand restaurants or are they just an architect that happened to get a restaurant project and they need you on board because of your expertise? Well, both. I have architects who will happen upon a fair bit of food service in what they do, be it hospitals or restaurants or country clubs, uh, senior living. You know, they may specialize in one niche, but there happens to be a commercial kitchen in that space. And, you know, some have varying degrees of knowledge. Mm. Some think they have knowledge and they don't. You know, it's like stay in your lane. (laughs) You know, know, it's just people having to deal with people and, you know, the varying degrees of interaction and positive or negative. And do you end up collaborating with architects on the design of the kitchen or is it more about they do the restaurant and you do the kitchen? Well, restaurants need to be more interactive. So, you know, I'm doing a restaurant now and I'm waiting for the shape of the the open cooking bar thing, but I've given some input. And the one we're working on? No. Is that what you're talking about? No, oh no, a different one. Okay. Different one. But kind of like the way we've worked. Okay, here it is. This is gonna look good from an architect space. Here's your kitchen space. Do what you need to do with it and make it work. And then I make it work. And then we just kind of push and pull. So I have a few of those. With other like senior living, you know, they just give me the square because they're got you know, a 10-story building to deal with. Right. So. Right, right, right. And sometimes I have to remind them of some stuff, like I need bigger doors to get the carts through to get to the kitchenettes on all the floors. So, but in that way, other than, you know, exhausting the hood, I'm pretty much, you know, they give me the space, I do it, I send it back. So do you find kitchens have changed over the years? Oh, yeah. How? Well, the equipment has driven a lot of that change. Okay. For, you know pre-programmed automation, um, combi ovens, ventless cooking. So there can be the ability to cook more in like front house spaces without a hood. Um, You know, lots of technology that enables that. That's mostly it. Senior living has a lot of growth and changes and upgrading, you know, from the days of just putting food on a tray line. And then square footages, like small kitchen versus bigger kitchen versus... You know, we just had this conversation the other day where any chef can figure out how to make it work within almost any size kitchen. I mean, they always want more, 
Yeah. Or they want a bigger this or more of that or whatever. But have you found that sizes of the kitchens have changed? Not really. Really? No, I mean, you still need three-foot aisles. You still need a place to put everything. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, chefs can make it work. And, you know, unfortunately, there's so many kitchens where they're making it work. But sometimes it's just a little bit of forethought that will improve the space mm. without just adding space, you know. Do you use your knowledge as a chef more when you design kitchens? Absolutely, 100%. More than your knowledge as a kitchen consultant? Well, my knowledge as a chef ensures that my knowledge as a consultant is spot on. I mean, that I really feel like my background enables me to be better at what I do than most. Do other kitchen consultants have chef backgrounds? A lot don't. Some do. Okay. I'm seeing more because I think chefs are figuring out how to do what I did, get out of the kitchen, do something else, and be able to utilize what they did. Right. But I remember back when I was new at this, always feeling like, well, yeah, I don't know anything. Yeah, I'm young. Yeah, I'm female. But I worked in a kitchen. So therefore, I got the one up on the competition. Right. So do you cook at home? Yeah. Regularly? Not regularly. Unfortunately, my husband is like a meat and potatoes boring food guy. (laughs) So, you know, when my daughter lived across the street, we were like cooking up a storm all the time. But yeah, Thanksgiving, Christmas, holidays is, yeah, everybody wants to come to my house. Do you find yourself making it apparent to your clients, whether they're architects or whether they are restaurateurs, that you were a chef? Yes. That's important for them to know. It's important because it changes their whole view of who I am. Really? Yeah. Restaurateurs, because they still have that male mentality. When they look at me or meet me, they don't see a chef. You know, they mm-hmm. see someone who's probably been a salesperson or a secretary. So I got to say, I'm an award-winning chef. I won a silver medal. I know what you're going through. And they're like, oh, cool. So they accept it? Oh, yeah. They don't get competitive? No, they think it's great. They think it's great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they like that I talk the talk. Very good. So now that you've created your own firm and you've worked with architects and you've worked with end users... Do you see yourself working more with architects in the future or more with restaurateurs? Probably more with architects. Kind of get into kind of a rhythm Mm -hmm. and as a team, enjoy the clients together and they kind of build something and feels like a good team that you get to go and do the same thing over and over with enough changes to make it fun. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, like we said, we've worked together a long time, but I've always enjoyed working with you. And I mean that in that I think a restaurant requires a collaboration that is a little different than other projects. So like you can do an office building and we have engineers, right? We always have mechanical, electrical, plumbing, structural engineers, but there isn't always, I guess I can call it direct collaboration. For those projects where it's a little bit more simple to just send off the drawings, we let them do it. They ask questions, we answer them. But with restaurants, and with specifically with kitchen consultants, there is a real need and a benefit to that need to work collaboratively with them. And I think ultimately the restaurant design and the restaurant layout and circulation simply becomes better. And again, for me, the goal is about how to create maximum revenue. I mean, it's great to design a restaurant. Yeah. But if you don't design something that maximizes the revenue, then it really doesn't matter. So 
I've always found that the relationship between the architect and the kitchen consultant, specifically related to creating a good restaurant that creates maximum revenue, is beyond important. Yeah. And we've always, I think, done well in our restaurants that we've designed together, right? And how we've interacted and collaborated. Yeah, I think it brings out a lot, even if we're just asking questions. Mm-hmm. And we learn from every client we have. So I know I do. Even though you may not have the answer, but just the fact that you throw the question up and everybody kind of like jumps at it like a bunch of dogs, then we get this beautiful answer and then we know this is going to work. Right. And you can't do that in a in a silo. Right. Um, even when I work for a restaurateur, one of the first questions I ask is, who's your architect? Where's your architect? Because I'll still work with the architect if they'll have me, you know, because I need that for a successful project. And it's unfortunate. Sometimes people are afraid of kitchens. Well, you just stay in the kitchen and I'll do out here. And it's like, no, where's my wait stations? And how are they coming into the kitchen? And why are those doors like that? Absolutely. Yeah. And, And there are, I mean, even yesterday, we were talking about the project we're working on now. You have to think about service stations and POS stations and all those things. sexy, but it's necessary. And it's not necessarily in the kitchen. Those are outside of the kitchen. I mean, yes, you're a kitchen consultant, but there's so much more to a restaurant that requires that interaction. So thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think this was a very informative and good conversation to have. And thank you. Thank you. If interested, Marisa's book, Mise en Place, Memoir of a Girl Chef, can be found on Amazon.com. Thank you all for listening, and tune in to our next episode's interview with my partner, that's in quotation marks, A.J. Uyar Aktas, a brilliant young architect in Izmir, Turkey.